Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into number 91, episode 91, that is September 27th, 2022. Uh, college football, we're in the swing of it. Uh, NFL as well, heading into week four already. Crazy. College basketball is less than six weeks away. Um, NBA preseason starts soon. NHL preseason preseason starts soon. Said the Presidents Cup, um, kind of restarting the PGA Tour season and uh, playoffs for baseball are right around the corner. Um, we're we're heating up. We love it. Uh, plenty to talk about today, as always. Uh, a lot of football, um, particularly Michigan State. We'll get to that. Going to be not as not angry, disappointed which is worse. Um, but, yeah, here we are. I'm going to start podium, um, make it quick, kind of interesting. I think we talked about this in the past, but I, I thought about it earlier. Is firing college coaches or NFL coaches, for that matter, any coach, this early in the season a bad look? I think it could go one of two ways. Yes, because it just proves that you're not giving them a chance. It, what does that show the players that you're quitting on on this coach already? Like, what do they have to play for? <laughs> Then you look at the other side, it just gets rid of it, and maybe it's like a bad situation, but it's also like you can't really hire a coach right now. Um, So it's just kind of a weird situation. Georgia Tech just fired their coach, um, Jeff Collins, the other day. He was on the hot seat the whole time he was there, um, then was just ousted on Sunday, and then they get rid of the athletic director as well. This is like the third Power 5 one that's happened, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be more. Honestly, maybe not in the Big Ten, Maybe not in the SEC, unless it's Brian Harson. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, Big 12, no one's really on the hot seat. Pac-12, I guess Colorado's coach, Darrell, he could get fired. ACC, I don't really see it happening. Um, and then not really sure about the group of five, but just an interesting topic. I think we talked about it in the past, but uh, to me it's not a great look because what, what are you going to do? use some interim coach and not be good. I don't know. All right. My podium, a little kind of off the wall, a little different, something I read last week. The PAC 12 sent a letter, a letter to block the UCLA move to the big 10. They sent them a letter. Um, okay. What is this a joke? Is this the movie? Say anything where she gives them a pen and says, write me. I mean, you're really going to use, I think it was like a three-page letter of this is why it's so bad for you to leave and you can't do it and, oh, we're the jilted lover. Uh, it's clear. Look at the Rose Bowl. The majestic Rose Bowl Stadium has about nine people in it for UCLA home games. Being in the Big Ten might not necessarily help that, but it's clear that they need a financial boost, and it's not going to come from the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is the most mismanaged, disorganized hunk of you-know-what for a Power 5 conference, period. Like, if if you were to say tomorrow you can only have four conferences, everybody would vote that the Pac-12 go away and those teams dissolve into other conferences. And I'm telling you, we are not that far away from two to four more Pac-12 teams joining the Big Ten anyway, which is going to make all their argument about, oh, all the travel and you don't care about student-athletes and blah, 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 even more moot. They do care about the student-athletes because they're going to be able to give them (coughs) more creature comforts for the money that they're going to get from the Big Ten. Nobody cares about the Pac-12 by itself, but you throw those teams into the historic Big Ten, it's going to be a big deal. And so you handled it with a letter you're going to go cry to the UC Bank of Schools that, oh, UCLA, they can't leave. They're breaking their... Co-. No, they're not. We're, none of the other UC schools except for Cal Berkeley, Cal, are in the Pac-12. 
And if Cal's so butthurt about it, then beg the Big Ten to join the Big Ten. I have a real problem with that look. I think it's childish. I think it's immature. And then as much as fans and pundits and everybody else may hate realignment, it's here to stay. We talked about it this summer. I gave the you know the powers that be a grandiose plan. Follow my plan. Let's get to it. The twelve game play or twelve team playoff starting next year. We're good to go. That's all I got to say about that. I like it. Yeah. <coughs> Sadly, realignment is here to stay. Not. I mean, I'm a traditionalist. We talked about it. I don't like it, but whatever. It's going to happen. Got to roll with it. Personal fall this week. Um, could be a lot of different things. We got Mister. Let me know how to say his name. Mister. Celtics coach being a naughty boy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you can read about that if you want. We're not going to discuss it here. It's too inappropriate for this podcast. <laughs> I might talk about it in the scramble. Um, just kidding. Um, this week we're going to flag the NCAA. Uh, we've done this a lot. This time it's for their little slap on the wrist for Memphis. Memphis is known under Penny Hardaway or just in general for being a dirty program. Um, cheating. They in, were investigated for James Wiseman, illegal recruiting. Um I think it was 2019, 2020. It was his year that he played there and mm-hmm. played like two games. Um, they cheated to get him. Um, and the NCAA basically did nothing. They gave him like a few years probation and a bit of a fine. And the probation doesn't even include a tournament ban or anything like that. I mean, yeah, he had Oklahoma State got one the year before. And here's the exact. So they were being charged, <coughs> excuse me, with four level one violations, including one directly impacting Hardaway. They came away with level two and level three violations. $5,000 fine. Like, an alumni doesn't even have to be a rich alumni. It could be somebody that's more willing to open their checkbook than me that could pay $5,000 fine. Um, no punishment for Penny. Um, unbelievable. It was an independent arm of the NCAA. And what precedent does that set for Arizona, for Kansas, for LSU, for, the, for Auburn, these other programs that were cheating just as much? It was... Well, Penny gave out of his own pocket eleven thousand five hundred dollars from from Hardaway, or Penny gave that to James Wiseman um, when he relocated from Nashville to Memphis. Unbelievable! The cheating that's so egregious that goes on, and the NCAA does not have the gonads to get rid of it, and they never have. They make an example out of a Penn State. Yeah, that was a bad situation with Sandusky, and if you ever watched Paterno on HBO, it's actually really good. And you find out it really was probably going on since the 70s. I get it. That's lack of institutional control or whatever. That's a different thing than cheating. So why isn't cheating and paying players before it was legal? It's still not legal for coaches to do it. Why is that okay? Like, you're you're so wishy-washy with your rulings and how you come down on people. And it's kind of a, well, we're not going to pick on any blue bloods for sure. You think Kansas is going to get in trouble? Hell no, they're not going to get in trouble. You think Auburn is? Not likely. Bruce Pearl already had a five-year show cause. It's ridiculous, and it shows how the NCAA needs to be disbanded, and a new arm enforcement arm has to be created that's independent, that can go in and say, you know what, you broke these rules, these are level one, here's your penalty. No wishy-washy, no, oh, we're going we're gonna to plea it down, any of that stuff. Take care of the problem, or the problem's going to continue. They won't. It's, it's ridiculous. They won't. Trust me. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, that's bull crap. Uh, four downs. Big Ten review. Um, I think let's talk Michigan State last. Let's get the other stuff out of the way. Yeah. Because um, that's probably what will take up most of the time. But um, just going through the games, <laughs> Illinois, Smoke, Chattanooga, no surprise there. Um Michigan um, in Maryland, that was an interesting game. Didn't watch it. Saw just you know saw some score updates, stats, whatever. Horrible missed call on the interception. Bad missed call. Michigan. I mean, if you take away the first ten seconds of the game, Michigan that was even. They were given a gift. Was the that guy, an interception at the beginning of the no, game? No, the guy on the opening kickoff, the ball hit him in the helmet and he muffed it, and Michigan recovered it at the ten yard line. Right, but then you have the, the interception play. that they gave Michigan, which. The, in the Michigan State game, there was an interception by Michigan State that was a hell of a lot closer to being a true interception than that. That was ruled incomplete. So that's another story we've talked about on this but, podcast. But here's stopping if, if we if you hadn't heard us say this, we said Michigan's going to struggle when they play a real opponent. And Maryland, I mean, granted, they're not great, but they're 
pretty they're decent and they, they can, gave them a they scare the ball on the, the road. They mm-hmm. can throw the ball, they can run. I mean, it's a, an actual football program that's not just a bunch of cast-offs that are just playing basically to get money. The school. I mean, they look they didn't look great. Corum, yeah. He's been a stud. He played really well. He probably saved them. 243 rush yards. Good for him. McCarthy, yeah, he had decent numbers, but what I heard, he was he's making stupid throws, shocking, taking risks. Um, Michigan was running poor play. Play calling was terrible. Their defense kind of adjusts at the end, but they weren't great, and that's with Talia getting hurt toward the end. Um, Michigan, I mean, Iowa... Uh, we'll talk about it in the next segment, but Iowa's defense is way better than Maryland's, and it seemed like they kind of had. Michigan Problem is, they don't. They don't have. An they offense, have an offense, but I, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, they've given up twenty-three points in four games, but they've only scored. Well, they've scored twenty-seven in each of the last two games, but they had two defensive touchdowns last week, right? Yeah. So they've scored fifty-four and fourteen. They've scored sixty-eight. I, that's the problem is like last year in the Big Ten Championship, everybody's like, oh, okay, well, Iowa's got a fighting chance because they can play defense, and no. Michigan absolutely throttled them. So it'll be interesting. It's at, you know, at Kinnick. Um, good atmosphere. You know, probably a striped stadium game. Good atmosphere. Iowa's starting to kind of round into form-ish. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But still, Penn impressive State. win over Rutgers, who is probably yeah. one of the only teams worse than Michigan State at this point in time. Yeah, Iowa or Nebraska, yeah, good, good for them. Scored twenty seven. That's a miracle. Two games in a row. Penn State didn't cover. You called that. Um, yeah, they were tied at the half with the chips. Fourteen yeah, fourteen. Central played well, but yeah. I just don't. Penn State's good, but I don't. I see them going eight and four. Like I don't think they're going to beat Michigan. I don't, I don't think they're going to beat Minnesota. I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State. And then Michigan State, yeah, they'll beat. Them. Yeah, they got one more cupcake this week, which again we'll get to in the picks. But like, okay, Purdue on the road on a whatever, I think it was a Thursday night, um, big game, but Purdue hasn't proven out to be as good as they were. They played Ohio, great MAC team. Okay, you expected to win. They crushed Auburn on the road, but it's probably as bad an Auburn team has been around for a while. They ho-hum yawner against Central Michigan at home. They've got Northwestern this week. Then they have a bye. Then it gets real after that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it remains to be seen for me. Like that stretch, like Ryan just mentioned, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, um, and at Indiana, who's not been playing horribly, then Maryland, then Rutgers, then Michigan State, you know, they, they close okay. But, I mean, that, that three-game stretch there in the middle after the bye is where the rubber's going to meet the road for Penn State, for yeah, sure. Speaking of Indiana, they kind of got smoked by Cincy, <clears throat> which isn't a surprise. Not a surprise, but they play and funny, they played them better last year when they were arguably worse. They're, you know, they're 3-1 and one right now, but they barely, you know, they barely won their first three games. And so yeah. now it's the, it's, uh, you know, they're going to play Nebraska. That should be ripe for the pick and the scores of points next week. But yeah. <clears throat> they don't have a great schedule coming up either. I mean, they end the season Penn State at Ohio State at Michigan State, which doesn't look nearly as tough now, But and then Purdue. Um, so they need these wins now, like a Nebraska game this week, to be able to get into a bowl game. Yeah. Um, and then Purdue only beat FAU by two. I mean, granted, they didn't have Aiden O'Connell, but still, that's not good. That's not a good look. Yeah, they've been kind of We thought Purdue was going to be good, and they've been pretty bad. Two and two and kind of a yeah close losses, Penn State and Syracuse. And Syracuse is, I think, 4-0 for yeah, the first time in a long time. But now they've got to play at Minnesota. Then they've got to go to Maryland. And then, I mean, Nebraska's a win. But, you know, the West is still kind of a, ish a toss-up. But, yeah, Purdue's been a little bit disappointing so far, I would agree. Yeah, and then oh lord, Northwestern. Northwestern. Oh my gosh, <laughs> thought they were gonna. <laughs> they beat Nebraska, and we thought, oh maybe maybe they'll have a decent season. Uh, they, oh, they okay, Duke is good. Duke's green one. Average. Southern Illinois FCS bad. Miami, my bad Miami FCS team, team too. Miami, uh, Big Ten should never lose the MAC. It happens more often than it should, but still, not not a good look. Not a good look. Wisconsin. Absolutely. I mean, they put up a couple touchdowns late in that game, but they absolutely got throttled. Um, let's just say, well, we have an excuse, a legit excuse of a wedding the night before. Michigan State-Ohio State game. Then they announced it's a 4 o'clock game, so it's less of an excuse. But let's just say I'm really glad that I sold my tickets for um, way over double face value already on StubHub. And I honestly, Michigan State fans can hate me for this, Uncle Bob especially. I don't even care if Buckeye fans bought it. 
I would not want to sit there and watch that because if you thought last year was if you thought last year was bad, oh my word, it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse. I mean, Ohio State. I watched that game when we got back from East Lansing, and they were just firing on all cinders. They they can run the ball. They obviously can throw the ball, and their defense is markedly improved over last year. They are a scary, scary team to watch right now. They're good. I mean, that was without Jackson Smith and Jigba. They put up 52 points. So, I mean, they're just building up the cachet of wide receivers behind him and, you know, a great tight end who made some phenomenal plays, two-headed monster at running back. I mean, it's not even fair. They They are the Big Ten's version of an SEC team, and I'm sorry, Michigan fans, you can say, oh, well, but we beat them last year. Nobody is even close, not even in the same stratosphere. They make the rest of the Big Ten look like a non-Power 5 conference. I'm sorry. That doesn't mean that they won't slip up. That doesn't mean that they might play close games. That doesn't mean that they might not lose, but... They are that good, and if you disagree, then you are wearing blue-colored glasses or just your anti-Ohio glasses because they, to me, That's minus Georgia, are team. the best team in the country. It's a damn good team. Yeah. All right. Let's get to uh, whatever. <clears throat> Do we have another Big Ten team? No, yeah, no, we, we covered yeah, the rest. So. I, I, I want to read this statement first. I didn't put down too many notes. I'll just go off the top of my head, but... I just want to level set with this. I thought this was good, a good piece by the quasi-beat writer, um, part-time writer for Michigan State for The Athletic. While I still have that, um, I'll debate whether to keep it or not if they actually employ a full-time beat writer. But <clears throat> yeah, I just want to – I can't remember his name. Justin. Justin, yeah, Justin he's, he's, he's a good job. <laughs> so this is a direct quote from his piece. This is his observation, and I happen to agree with it. I sent it to my buddies. Last year's 11-2 record and the influx of transfer portal talent caused fans to forget that this is still a rebuild. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to admit it. I picked Michigan State 10-2. and two. Picked Ryan picked them 11-1. He didn't want to admit it. We had our green-colored glasses on. We did not want to admit that that was the case. And then he continues. And historically, this is the part of a rebuild when the cracks start to show. Year three is when the previous regime's worst recruiting classes typically begin to take on the most significant roles because they're juniors and seniors or redshirt, whatever, while the current regime's players are still too young to contribute. So my point with saying that, and then we can get into the game, is you, and we heard it all through the stadium, you're going to hear it. Of course you're going to hear it because Michigan State paid a lot of money for Tucker. Oh, you over, you overpaid, you know, the snot-ass Walmart shit. Wolverines. You know, oh, ha, ha, you got a coach you overpaid for, ha, 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 ha. Shut up. Like, you can't, I'm sorry. Yeah, is it disappointing? Extremely. Um, Is it shocking? Really, no, because if you look, what are Michigan State's best players still? They're transfers. They're still relying on transfers. I mean, they're, they're safety that's filling in for Xavier Henderson and doing a great job. Brooks was a D2 transfer. Speed, who's an okay corner at least, is a Georgia transfer. Um, you know, we had what a Florida, a Mississippi State, and a UNLV transfer on defense. And, and Winmon, um, you know, he's been a little bit more held in check lately, but he's still right up there in the sack lead. He's clearly a very good player because he's getting double teamed all the time. Yeah. He was a transfer. Michigan State's one two punch at running back, Berger and Broussard, transfers. Like on their line, one of their key contributors out of the seven guys that plays, transfer. Guy from last year, transfer. So the point being is those transfers are plugging holes. And as much as we had them on the podcast last year, I saw his phone number on my phone. I love Coach D. I love Coach D. But at the end, he got lazy and complacent with his recruiting, especially after that 2016 class blew up on him. And now we're we're paying, we're paying, the, the, price. We're paying the price. I mean, Offensive line is the cool. number one area where Michigan State lacks talent. Now, I'm not saying that their young guys aren't talented, but it is look, – look at – I dare you to look at 99.9% of Power 5 programs. Maybe it's not the case in the non-Power 5s, but how many true freshmen or even redshirt freshmen do you usually see start on an offensive not line at often. Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State 
or Alabama. You just don't because these guys have to grow. They have to get stronger. They have to get better footwork. They have to get smarter. So, yeah, Michigan State's got, like, all these guys that were basically D'Antonio guys with a couple transfers sprinkled in, a sixth-year guy and whatever, and then they've got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores and redshirt sophomores that aren't quite ready, except for Spencer Brown. He's probably the only guy in the current line that's maybe he's borderline whether he was a D'Antonio or a Tucker he was guy. A um, but that's a case in point. Like you're seeing it because Michigan State has not been able to establish the run the last two weeks, and they were successful last year. I yelled this out and discussed during the games. Like I didn't want to admit it going into the season, but clearly Kenneth Walker was the entire offense last year. The defense was good enough. At times, at least don't good enough against the run. Don't say the defense is good. No, I said good enough no, at times. They won 11 games. They had to be good enough at times to win 11 games. They got by. But Kenneth Walker and what he could do with virtually the same offensive line. Now, yes, we did lose a couple starters, but virtually the same offensive line, at least rotation-wise. I mean, that makes it even more impressive what he came in and did because he made Thorne look better and more comfortable. And Thorne... Has been he's, he's been awful minus the Washington game, but a lot of that's because Michigan State hasn't been able to set up the run to set the pass. He's got weapons. Keon Coleman's great. Jaden Reed's great. Shit. <laughs> Mosley's great. <laughs> you know Mosley's great. Like they're loaded at wide receiver, and they've got plenty of depth behind them. But he's got happy feet in there, and you know when he stands in, he gets rocked. Um, he's making enforcing questionable questionable throws. Because he's feeling like the pressure to do something. Um, and then when he does have time, he like, feels ghosts around him and he's rushing him and he's sailing him or he's, he's throwing him wide or whatever. Um, you know, I it's really easy to just point the blame at Thorne and he's not playing up to snuff. But you got to look at what's in front of him. And, and it's not the running backs. The running backs are fine. If they had a good line... There's no doubt that those that would be a phenomenal one-two punch the, the, against what I think what it was against Washington, right? They kept or was it Minnesota where something like 25 of their 30 runs they were met at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, it wasn't much better. I think it was Washington game wasn't much better last week. Um, Probably worse. And so, like, yes, is it disappointing? Yeah, is there a really re- realistic chance Michigan State's not going to make a bowl game? Yes. Yeah, because. Maryland this week looms really large. Now, Minnesota, I will say, they had not played anybody before they played Michigan State. Having seen them in person, that is a really good, solid football team. Not spectacular, but they are solid. Ibrahim is an excellent runner. He's a bruiser. Tanner Morgan is good enough, and especially against a team like Michigan State that gives gives them room. And their defense is pretty dang good. So, as noted, like if you look here, I'll pull up their schedule. They've given up. 0, 10, 7, and 7 points. Now, some of those against not great teams, but back-to-back weeks, they gave up 7 points to two Power 5 teams, Colorado and Michigan State. Um, but so so you have to like temper a little bit of the criticism, and it's why it's probably good that we're doing this on a Tuesday because, look, it's probably, I think on, I can count, it's the third time I've ever left a Michigan State game early. I left the Alabama Citrus Bowl game, 49-7 beat down early, and that was to get out of the ghetto of Orlando and just because it was getting bad. Rachel was crying because she thought all of our quarterbacks were going to get killed. And plus they kept playing Sweet Home Alabama. I, Ryan and I left the 2016 Michigan game. Yeah. when That was a game when Lewerke broke his foot, right, or his leg or his yes. ankle or whatever. And Michigan State actually mounted a little bit of a comeback later in that game. But we left that game early because it was so bad. And then... He was solo for me this game, but we left this game early. Um, like I should have, I probably could have left honestly after they fumbled on the drive at the beginning of the third quarter because I knew right then and there that was the only chance they had to win that game. All right, Ryan, I've talked enough. You got a lot of stuff to say too. So. Uh, oh boy, um, let's talk about the offense. <laughs> so I can piggyback. Run game. They had some pop on, a, on the, that first drive of the second half, and then you turn the ball over and you lose all hope. And three turnovers for the game. Three turnovers. You can't win games when you when the turnover margin is negative ever. Um, I mean, the line is complete garbage. I mean, I get like the D'Antonio thing. He did not recruit linemen, but Kaplovich, like the, his 
His job is to turn these guys around and make them at least serviceable. These guys aren't even serviceable. They yeah, we're talking want, multi-year starters, too. They don't. Like, like Samak Duplain and, Duplain? And, and Samak have been playing since their freshmen. They're seniors now. And they can't block a soul. Yeah, they're no better. Horst is a idiot. Mm-hmm. Brown, I, I'll give him a pass because he's not really played that much. Carrick is a sixth-year guy, and Brian Green is also a sixth-year guy. Granted, this is his first year at Michigan State, but still, sixth-year. Let, let me say this, too, about Horst. So, he's a, in the fourth quarter, right before, this is when I decided to leave. Michigan State actually made a nice play, like Thorne on a scramble. He directed traffic. He had a receiver come back to him. I think it was Mosley or something. He made a really good play on a, long, on a third and long. And dumbass Horst gets an unsportsmanlike penalty. And I went off on him, and I had everybody that was left around in earshot laughing because I'm like, we're getting our ass kicked and shut out at home, and we just completed a third down, and you're getting unsportsmanlike conduct for getting in somebody's face. It is embarrassing. Like, I would, at this point in time, honestly, and I'm not saying flush the season because, you know, you can rebound, some of it can rebound, of course, but put the young guys in. Like, Give somebody else a chance. Mel kind of said that in his press conference this he, he, week. He said it last but, week. He's not going to do it. But, I mean, we didn't see Mangum at all on defense. Like, Brooks, I have no complaints about him. I think he's get, filled in really well right. for Henderson. Okay, I'm going to finish on offense, and then we're going to get to defense. I, I get Jaden Reed's been hurt. What the hell? Where the hell is he? He had, like, four tar- catches for 21 yards. We're not even trying to get him involved in the offense. No motion, no screens. What? Shit, even run a jet sweep okay, for Jay Johnson, as good as he was this year, he's been horrible. Yeah, he's not. He's been, been good. terrible, too. Like, he's the play calling's phone booth. Like, why are we running a slow developing run play behind an offensive line that can't block a soul on third and four to get stuffed for a loss of G yards? You're asking to punt. I mean, we went three and out. We had six plays in the first quarter, they had 28. Yeah, MVP, six plays. Was it at one point two hundred ninety-two yards to one? Yeah, I mean, like that's in th- like Thorn. I love him. He's a great leader. He's not a great college quarterback. I- I'm going to tell you He's this. Not way back in June, Chris sent us the topic of who's one Michigan State player that had a really good year last year, but that you really think needs to prove himself. And he said Peyton Thorn, and I disagreed with him. Chris, you're right. I, yep. I can admit I can 100%. I can call myself out. You were you were right. Like he he clearly the threat of Kenneth play Walker. action with Kenneth Walker Maybe. and and had it, arguably this year he has better receivers. Naylor was great, but he was like fragile, so he's always broken. You got Keon in his place. And he's got tight ends. He's got three tight. You got ends Barker, who's good, a great tight end. Tight they don't ends. ever use Carr. Like I don't. Why aren't we splitting teams up the middle and up the seam? Why aren't we hitting our tight end on, on slants? for like, what you have. We're not using any of the talent, so I'm with Ryan. Like, uh, what is Johnson doing? And I, I get it. Thorne's running for his life a little bit. But, look, when things, were, when, when, quick. when things were building up under Cousins, when D'Antonio was slowly building towards the great success he had, what did he do with Cousins, which Cousins is still good at? Got him out of the pocket on rollouts. Thorn is a threat to run. He's not fast per se, but get him out of the pocket. Get him where he doesn't have to rely on the on the pocket to protect him, and where it's not closing in on him and giving him no room. And then he's th- he's forcing passes as he's getting hit, and he's throwing picks. Get him outside the pocket, or hey, I didn't stick around to see it. I get it was against you know Minnesota's probably softer coverage. Their second string guys, freaking Kim is like seven for eight with two touchdowns in his. Michigan State career. I'm not suggesting he's the answer and that you flip quarterbacks, but something's working with him. Maybe it's because he just goes in there and he's like, hey, I know I'm not going to win this job. I'm just going to play. Thorne needs to get back to that mindset and maybe ask him how he can do it because I guarantee you he would say, get my ass out of the pocket. Yeah. It's, you know, and if Broussard is fast enough, throw some freaking pitches. Do the counter pitch that we used to run with DeAndre. We don't Cobb. do that. We like, don't go under center. It's, it's always between the tackles. It's the same. And I get you. Time. You know, it was a close game through early third quarter. Seventeen points. That's three scores. That's doable. But not when you can't get more than a yard a rush. No. Like, what are you doing? All of a sudden, it's then you're 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 second and nine, and then you're passing, and then you're stuck again. And it's like, I just it's. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Expecting different results. And they're doing that on offense, and Ryan, you can get in the defense. They're doing it on defense. Yeah, one more thing about Thorne. I don't – he's got happy feet immediately when he's dropping back to pass. Because he's getting licked it. in the pocket. But still, I mean, he's got a 
I don't know why it just it just it's baffling that, that there's not designed anything to get him going like correctly like get the ball out of his hands quick run slants run screens that's what we did last year when we when Walker was bottled up we'd run quick hitters and it would work it would work Let, use your athletes at 38 receiver. rushing yards what that's embarrassing that is mm-hmm. so embarrassing this is Michigan State this isn't Freaking Rutgers. And I guarantee you, they're looking at that fact that Corum had 243 against Maryland. They're going, oh, yeah, we're going to get that. No, you're not. Michigan has, between Michigan and Ohio State, the best they have the best line. offensive line. And Minnesota's got a really good one, too. But no, because your offensive line doesn't even hold the candle to that. All right. Um, defense. Uh, I, I mean, what? here's my question. Why, in the name of everything that is good and holy... Are we winning a coin toss and asking to play defense? You are asking <laughs> to be down seven yeah. zero every a hole. damn time. You're and, playing and, from behind immediately. In the last two weeks, these teams have been good enough to exploit the fact that Darius Snow is not there. He's the best linebacker Michigan State have has because he's fast. He can hit and he can cover. I like, you know, the boogeyman. I like. What Van Summerman's doing, those guys are not, not overly, every they're not overly fast. They're and especially in a four-two-five scheme, I don't like no. it. You need you need speedsters in a four-two-five scheme. Either go back to four-three, move Winmon back to linebacker, and then let him occasionally rush so he can have more of an impact. They lost what's his number number two is that Boggle or Boggle? He got hurt. He got hurt. He's hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Slade didn't play. Michigan State, uh, it was number Barrow got hurt. He kind of came back in the game, He's but been Michigan State's not getting. They're a four man rush every time. And, and, no okay, the difference is they started. I think White as the opposite corner to speed, and they kept th- showing him as like corner blitz, and he went a couple times on the inside. And then that left their tight end in in a slant pattern on one on one coverage with Gross, who couldn't guard him for a second. So Gross is another problem. Is he is. He's late on plays, and he's the best option you have at, I think he's, what, free safety probably? Strong safety? I don't know. One of the safety spots. Like, you don't have somebody better that, even if they're young, that you can live with to play better and to play harder and to play smarter. You know, Mel keeps saying it's little things. It's eye discipline. It's leverage or whatever. Then if they can practice, but they can't do it in the game, that's on you as coaches. So figure something out. Figure Yeah, I want to talk about every level. Defensive end, Winmon, he's getting double teamed because he's our best player. I get it. Our defensive tackles haven't done crap. That shows how important Slade is. Mm-hmm. Um, where, here's my question. Where where the hell is Alex Van Summerman, our highest rated defensive tackle? He played towards the very end. Why is he not? Is he not that? Like, are these guys not good? Like, that, that shows me. Like, if we... They, gets, I think coaches get so hell-bent on not burning red shirts. Like, who, who cares? Shit? Who cares? If a guy's good enough They're playing, better... Can play them because it's better than the shit we have out there right now. It's embarrassing. I'm yeah. tired. I'm t- Cal Halliday. Yeah, he's. This is a four-three linebacker, not a four-two-five linebacker. Yeah. This guy cannot cover his shadow. That's why Crouch was important last year, is because even if he wasn't necessarily a very skilled linebacker, because he was still transitioning from running back, he could cover sideline to sideline. He was fast and he had a nose for the football. I, like they just don't. The two guys they have back there now don't have it, and you no. don't see anybody else go in there. No, no none where's of the other guys. Okay. Where's where's a freshman that we could play? Where's right. I, I I don't know. Where are these guys? Like, are they that bad? I don't. I, I guess. I, where's Brule? Like, uh, I don't know. Brule was a. I thought he was going to be a guy that fills in right away. Halliday misses open field tackles. He's out of position. He can't guard anybody. He's a four-three linebacker. He's a four-three middle linebacker. He's a Joe Bach. He's a Max Bulla. He's a whatever. He's a four-three middle linebacker. He'd be a good one, but he's not a four-two. He's guy. not a four-two guy that you stick on a tight end or a slot guy or matchup with a running back. This says it all about not. your second level, especially with two linebackers. Like scheme out to be a four-three, which they can sometimes be anyway. Because here's the thing: when Brooks. Your backup, former Division II transfer safety, has 18 tackles. Great. He's a great hitter, and he makes big plays. He should not have to make 18 tackles. That no. means that it's getting to the third level 18 times. Those aren't like safety blitzes. 
That's 18 times that plays are hitting the third level of the defense. Like, again, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Change the scheme. I don't care if everybody else is 4-2-5. Go to a 4-3 and play to your talent talent strengths. Period. Okay, the the secondary. Amir Speed, he's not good. He's He's been okay. He's okay, but he's not good. Charles Brantley, he weighs... 10 pounds, and he's not, I mean, he's not good enough. Ronald Williams, not good enough. Right. I, Kendall Brooks, I'm impressed with him. He's a hard hitter, and he's obviously in a bad. But you got two D2 guys playing because White has been, he's he's taken over. He was better than freaking Kimbrough. Right, he's taken over for Kimbrough. That's good. But the one guy I don't want to ever see on defense again is Angelo Gross. I'm done with him. This guy, you move him. Oh, the sugar weasel. This guy is complete trash. You, I watched them put, he presses up on a fat-ass tight end, and the guy blows by him every time. How are you this slow playing safety at a high-level Division One team, and how do you start? You, can, you cannot tell me. That there isn't a guy that's faster than him could keep someone in front of him. I'd Jane rather Hager. struggle. I'd rather with struggle freshman. with a freshman than have this yeah. bozo get burned every time. I, he's he's a lost cause. This is Kimbro now. I think I think back to 2015, the punt game at Michigan, and Michigan State because of injuries and stuff started two true freshmen. Yes, in the Grayson secondary. Miller and Kari Willis. Yep, uh, and and in a great game, an epic game. You know that Michigan will cry forever that they should have won, but they didn't because they couldn't feel the snap on a punt. Um, <laughs> that shows me just go with the guys that win it in practice. Don't do the old coach thing of staying loyal. Well, I can't put the fr- – no, these guys are ready. No. Young yeah, guys you are win, more – win. Winners and, win. And guys are more ready than ever to step in and play out of high school. I, I get if they come from a really small – but whatever. And if they're not good enough – then why, are you then why are you recruiting guys that you have to spend that time to develop? Let them develop in the game. Change some things around. Change some personnel. Because, look, here's the thing. This is, this is one of the problems at Nebraska was the lack of accountability from Scott Frost to hold guys accountable for shitty play. And that's what's starting to happen at Michigan State. And what will happen is at the end of the year, some guys that are younger will be like, look, I didn't even get a chance. And now we don't know anything on the inside or whatever. This is just observation from us from the stands. But, you know, guys then are going to be like, I'm going to hit the portal because guys in front of me suck and I'm not getting a sniff. And I don't care about red shirts or whatever. Any more of these kids want to be gone in three years anyway. You should never plan on your best players being in the program for more no. than three years. So use them. If they leave, then it it's better. your job to continue to recruit behind them so that you don't have holes in your lineup. I don't want to hear this. Oh, I don't, we don't want to burn their red shirt. If they're ready, they're Play ready. Them. And if they're close and the guy in front of them sucks, Play put them in. I'd I, ra- I would I rather care. lose developing talent than lose with the same shitty players game in and game it, out. It's exhausting. And if I, I said it last week. I will. I, I held it together. I didn't say much. But for God's sakes, if that man, that fat bastard, Scotty Hazelton, has a job... At the end of this season with Michigan State, I don't know if I can I, – I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because this guy – we ran the same crap again this week. Show press coverage. Back off. We're playing 10 yards off on third and seven. What do you think Tanner Morgan's going to do? Grandpa Tanner, who we made, by the way, look like he's mother in Justin Herbert, 23 of 26. You can't tell me this bozo is that good. Yeah, he's a six-year guy. Yeah, spare me that garbage. He's not that good. Best receiver out for the season. Best receiver out for the season. We made him look like he's the best thing since sliced bread. Unbelievable. Same crap. We don't blitz. When we do blitz, we're out of position. Guys are misaligned. There's no communication. I'm tired of it. That's coaching. Scotty's fat ass better be gone. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a Spartan legend, but Harlan Barnett needs to leave. If he's some corner guru, he sucks. Well, Mel's coaching the corner. And Mel, too. he said, and quote, I'm a dog shit football coach right now. You are, Mel. You suck right now. You're getting paid $95 million, 
and this is the product that we're putting out here. We had no, we we're flat from the beginning. There's no motivation. You come out with your hair on fire in a game like that, and you didn't. You didn't. And we got embarrassed. And it's it just, it's so hard to watch because I know what's going to happen next week. The same thing. Maybe it's going to be worse. I don't know. I, 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 it, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing it. If he, he's being paid this much money, I get it's a rebuild. This is year three. Last year was maybe an anomaly. We won some games we shouldn't have. Yeah, I get that. Like, it was a perfect storm. But no way you go from that to probably go 4-8 and eight or 3-9. and nine. You should, We should at least be in a bowl game, 6-6 six and six to 8-4. and four. Uh, I, This is a bit, Because next year, I'm sorry, it's probably not going to be any better either. I, I don't know. Well, his guys are going to have to step up next year. But, but that's the problem. Can they? Like he's all, we're all talk. Michigan State fans need to shove it. We can't. We're all talk right now. We're all talk. No go. No more of that. We need to freaking prove it. We're blue collar. No more. All right. We're moving. angry. Two. Second down. College football review. Make it quick. Tennessee impressed over Florida. Their top ten now. Good for them. Um, they'll probably choke next week. A rare win over Florida, and they yeah. they still almost blew it because they gave up a late onside kick. Yeah, uh, Bama looks. Speaking of blew it, Washington State, the Fighting Jason Hansons, oh had a big lead against Oregon and blew that. Oregon came back, and you know yeah. they got the win. Washington is in the top fifteen. Penix is the leading quarterback. High mm-hmm. part because Heisman of us, he's, he's the leading quarterback, and and we look, we saw that at Indiana, we knew he was really good. Um, and then we put him back on the map last week. We yep. Michigan State. I hope he stays healthy. <laughs> and I hope well. he. I hope he gets in New York. That'd be sweet. Texas A and M. You know, gets you a cup, gets two gifts from uh, Arkansas. One, the guy, the quarterback tries to like jump the pile, gets it knocked away, stripped, and they run it back with a with like a lateral handoff, whatever, for like a ninety nine yard touchdown. So that was a gift, and it, the kick wasn't a gift, but like crazy. The guy kicks it. It kind of goes right, like a little bit of a push slice, hits the top of the upright and bounces down, and and Arkansas loses. I mean, like, oh, my, they just look incredulous and deflate, you know, deflated. Uh, It was, it was hard to watch for them. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other. Kansas State. USC, look at Kansas State. Oklahoma's number. Martinez. Martinez, no turnovers. That's why they won. Yeah. We always talked about that last year, the turnover machine. I think he had four rushing touchdowns. Clemson. Uwe Uwe Ungale, fifty-one forty-five. That was a great great game, game with Wake. Yeah. Um, see here. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, did Notre Dame beat North Carolina or lose? Yeah, they North beat them. They, they beat them. Baylor big win over Iowa State. Um, Texas lost. Shocking that Texas sucks. That was crazy. So I was listening to that in the car on the way home um, from East Lansing, and Texas Tech scores with kicks a field goal with 25, 21 seconds to go. Kicks off, touchback. 21 seconds to get in the field goal range. Somehow, someway, Texas gets in the field goal range, makes the kick to tie the game. On the first play of overtime, Bijan Robinson, who last year was a Heisman dark horse, they kept comparing him with you know Walker as the best running back, fumbles, Tech methodically gets their way into close like chip shot range, makes a field goal to win. Like uh, In Texas losing in Texas ways to fellow Texas teams, but... That was that was nuts. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that stood out. Um, Syracuse with a nice win over yeah, Virginia. Good for them. 4-0. Off to a 4-0 start. 4-0. Appalachian State blew a 28 to 3 lead this over one. James This Madison. one's funny. How does it feel Miami to lose to Middle Tennessee Oof. State? Yeah, we know how that feels in basketball, Ouch, but guys. by 14 at home to Middle Tennessee State. We're not talking about basketball. We're talking about football. Yeah, it's same. I'm sorry, you were happy with you know Mario coming back to Miami. Not that and easy. Now boys. again, it's going to take some time for him to get his recruits in and stuff. He's dealing with the hand that he had last year, a few transfers, one recruiting class. But that just shows you how in the shitter Miami football is too. Like they're in worse shape than Michigan State. Michigan State. We can hope it was a blip. Washington's obviously better than we thought. Minnesota's a, a, is a good football team at 4-0. Um, the problem is it's just a disappointing because we, we all drank the Kool-Aid and we thought Michigan State would be better. So uh, Kansas, 4-0. Yeah, Kansas, 4-0 for the first for time. Guys. But still not in the top 25, which is BS. 
Um, but and they beat an undefeated Duke team. It was like game, you know, college basketball game day yeah, should have been Champions there. Classic. All right, that's the week in review for college football. Keep go quick through this. Uh, week five. Preview. Wait, 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 wait. First, we gotta. Oh yeah, first we gotta we do our ad. A nice ad for our great friends and great neighbors. Yep. Uh, quick word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty. We'll help you find the home that best fits your needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at TeamAnders.com. Here we go. Um, Week 5 preview. uh, Recap of last week. You're up three on me for the season. My picking has been terrible. Even my preseason was just dog meat. Not good. Not good, Ryan. Um, This week, we're back at it. Um, We'll start with... Uh, big noon kickoff in Iowa City. Um, U of M versus Iowa. Michigan's a nine and a half point favorite. I want to say that they cover that. Cover nine and a half, man. They only beat Maryland by seven last week. Uh, I think Iowa covers that. All right, I like it. I mean, I hope. I think there's an outside shot. We picked. I picked Iowa to beat Michigan. I think Ryan did too. Um, at the beginning of the year, they're starting to kind of round into form their defenses as, as advertised. So if they can bottle up quorum and make McCarthy make mistakes. I think they got a chance. I definitely think they'll cover that nine and a half. I hope they do. Purdue, Minnesota. Minnesota's a 12 and a half point favorite. I'm taking the cover. They are, they impressed me with the way that they were physical at the line of lines of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think I'm, as I don't like PJ, but he's a good coach at home. They've won. Now again, granted the competition, but still they've won thirty-eight nothing, sixty-two to ten, forty-nine seven, thirty-four seven. So they've given up twenty-four points, eight points a game. Purdue's not looking good. Purdue is not looking good. I don't know what O'Connell's prognosis is, but yeah, what prognosis negative. Probably we'll go with um, Minnesota cover that twelve and a half. Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, whiskey is a seven-point favorite. That's less than I would have thought. Yeah, well, they had their tight end broke his ankle, I think. Um, Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, against Ohio State, it was bad. Like, took a helmet on it. I'm going I'm going to say they're going to cover. I think Braylon Allen's in a What's big the, old game. Seven points. Yeah, I think Wisconsin will bounce back. And, I mean, look, Illinois is better. Illinois, they've given up 6, 20, 3, Good and 0. Them, you know, and one of those, the 3 against Virginia. Um, 6 against Wyoming, who I think is actually now 3 and 1. So, um Illinois is looking decent, but this this is a big stretch for them. The next three weeks especially, if they can get one win here, I think they've got a legit chance to get to a bowl game. Um, but I don't think they're going to – I think Wisconsin is going to come out mad, and I think they're going to cover. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> um, Rutgers-Ohio State. Ohio State's a 40-and-a-half-point favorite, which makes me think to next week, what the- – <laughs> The spread gonna be in East Lansing, but I think Ohio State's gonna cover this. I think they're gonna just absolutely wreck. Rutgers. There's nothing. Look, Rutgers got off to a good start. I mean, they won beat. in shocking fashion against Boston College, who actually has turned out to not be that great. They beat Wagner sixty six to seven. Throw that away. That doesn't matter. They barely beat a not very good Temple with a true freshman starting quarterback sixteen fourteen. They only put up ten points last week. They have a scoring issue. They don't. They've got like eight quarterbacks. I swear that play. I don't. Um, what is this? What, what time of the day is the game? I think it's three thirty. I want to say. I just. I mean, Ohio State just beat Wisconsin by thirty-one, and Wisconsin is markedly better than Rutgers. I think Ohio State covers that forty and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I agree. Um, Maryland, Michigan State. Maryland is a seven-point favorite. At home. Folks, you know us. We are big Michigan State fans. Always have been, always will be. No way in bloody hell that Michigan State has a chance. Unless Tulio is really hurt and it doesn't, doesn't, play. It doesn't It doesn't matter who's a quarterback. He's going to have a career no, day. Maryland well, 7, minus 7. We'll yeah, Maryland's going to cover We're gonna that. Lose. We're but, get I mean, that's the only reason I can think of that the spread is that low, honestly, after watching Michigan State last week. Um, I just, uh, boy. Yeah, Maryland's going to cover that. Got easy cover. I think they'll win by three touchdowns. Um, Northwestern Penn State. That's going to be easy. Twenty-five and a half for Penn State. I think they cover that easy. I think Northwestern's pretty dang bad. Yeah, Northwestern hey, is. I feel mess. bad. I like I like Fitz a lot, but they, oof, 
Ouch. Yeah, you look at so Northwestern year to date, they beat Nebraska thirty-one <clears> twenty-eight. <throat> Since then, they've put up twenty-three, twenty-four, and fourteen against Duke, Southern Illinois, and Miami of Ohio. I think Penn State covers that. Yeah, they're not very good. Okay, and then we get into our next one here: um, Indiana versus Nebraska. It's at Nebraska. <laughs> Uh, Nebraska is a six and a half point favorite. I don't. I think Indiana is going to really? cover it. I don't like. I, I. I think that's a hammer of the Indiana spread. Yeah, I. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I picked that as a loss because I bought into. You know, I drank the Nebraska Kool Aid. I mean, six and a half. What has Nebraska done to warrant being favored? I mean, they've they've lost to a bad Northwestern team. They had to rally late to beat North Dakota. They lost to Georgia Southern, and they got throttled by Oklahoma. I don't think a bye week fixes anything for them. No. I don't see a win there. I think Indiana covers that. Yeah. And then we're going to go straight up here in a few games. Oklahoma State, Baylor, big one. Rematch of the Big 12 championship. I'm going with the Pokes. Uh, I'm going with Baylor. Mm, sick them. Um, and then we got NC State Clemson. That's College Game Day. That's that's a good one. I think Clemson wins because of their defense. It's is it that deep. Death Valley or is it in? Uh, I think it's a Clemson. Let me look. What's the? We're just going straight Clemson up. Straight. It's a six point spread. So yeah, I'll go Clemson. I think maybe last week kind of woke them up. We'll find out for real if if that game woke up their offense or not. But last one, Lions Seahawks. I think the Lions. They're dinged, but I think they bounce back, get to two and two, and then they have a chance to go to New England, get a win, and go three and two heading into the bye week, which would be very good. Um, I'm going with that. yeah. I mean, Swift might not play. Cats. You know, Walker's out for the season with an Achilles. That's not good. Um, yeah, they're kind of dinged up, but if they would just stick to their guns, which we can get to in the scramble a little bit. I yeah, I, Seattle's not very good either. I'm kind of excited to see Walker. He's been getting more and more touches in the games, but yeah. um, I'll go with the Lions. All right, that's week five. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, scramble fourth down. Um, should we start? Should I start off with my uh, segment? Yeah, go for it. All right, butt burner. Um, first one, Josh McDaniels. This dude's 0-3, only 0-3 team in the NFL. He had a closed-door meeting with Al Davis or whatever, that, the guy that looks like a he looks like a doll. The son of Al Davis. He's creepy-looking, um, you know, weird haircut. Uh, but he had a me- closed-door meeting with him right after the game. I could have told you this would fail. What Belichick... Where did he fail before? Broncos. Denver? Yeah. yeah, what Belichick assistant hasn't failed? Nick, Nick Saban. Nick Saban, but he was bad in the NFL. That's true. So, they can't. I don't get why they keep hiring these guys. Like, they all suck. He's terrible. Um, and you have all this talent. You're paying all this money. And you play in this beautiful new stadium. Um, and you still yeah, that's stink. A, that's bad. Uh, that's bad. Bad. This one's this one was too They're bad. They're also not very good Titans team no, either. No, no. And this one's really bad. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Missouri's running back. Did you see that play? Against Auburn, they were in overtime. Great oh, trying run. to reach out and Truck the guy, reaching in for the goal line, gets knocked out, touchback, Auburn kicks a field goal and wins. And oh. Auburn was, from what I heard on the radio, if they had lost, Brian Harson was not going to make it to the parking lot. Wow. And yeah, they, because Missouri's not very good either. No, and they oh, blow it that way. Third one, third and final one, ESPN. We hate ESPN here. They were cutting, apparently, in the middle of college football games to Aaron Judge's at-bats. They would get rid of college football totally on the screen. If you want a split screen, cool. I get it. But like put, they put moved, it on like ESPN News. Well, or they something. moved Michigan State off of ESPN against Akron to ESPN two. I think it was Akron because of Serena Williams last match. No, that was Western. Yeah, or Western or whatever. It's like, really, um, you know, you have all these fans that I I don't get it. I I agree. I can't I can't wait for the Big Ten to be off of ESPN. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan. Stock up. Uh, Jeff Okuda. We had our doubts about him coming in this year. You know, he's first first year, put in a bad situation. Last year gets hurt right away. I mean, the dude's impressed this year. He held, first week he held Devontae Smith to zero receptions. Last week, 
Terry McLaurin to two receptions for 22 yards, and then Justin Jefferson, arguably one of the best receivers in the Big Ten, or sorry, in the NFL, uh, to three catches for like 24 yards or something. Bravo, Jeff. He looks like he's back playing to the, well. playing well. He's confident. I'm happy for him. That bodes well for the Lions. Warrior, you oh, should have been on your butt, butts burning. Oh, he had like seven penalties in that game. He is bad. He is terrible. Uh, stock up. I mean, this guy's one of the better baseball players in my generation anyway, but Albert Pujols, how can you not? 700 home run club. Hits two um, the other night to to get in that illustrious club. Only four guys. I, pretty unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, this guy's been been playing for basically my whole life, and, and that's awesome to see. Um, I remember when he was like the best player in all those old baseball games he used to play on PSP or PS2 or whatever. So, bravo, congrats. Um, and then stock up, last one, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, how about that? They've already, wow. they've already you know, um, Doug Peterson or Urban's. Peterson or whatever has already surpassed Urban Meyer for career wins at Jacksonville. Yeah, two and one. And they probably could have won their week one game against Washington. And they, yeah, they smoked they, they the Chargers smoked the Chargers in LA. Smoked, smoked the Colts. Yeah, the Colts they own in Jacksonville, but to it's go hilarious. all the way to the West Coast and granted Herbert's beat up, but he man. played, and they hang thirty eight on him and hold him to ten. Wow, impressive. Yeah, that's good. Those are my my things for the week. I'm happy for them. Um, Some of my scramble like Lions, uh, they Lions de- doing a Lions like I and Campbell owned this, so I give him credit. But like two things stick out to me, and, and I kind of get kicking at the end to give you a six-point lead and make the other team have to score a touchdown. I, I kind of understand that, but at the same time, you've already gone for it seven times on fourth down. Your kicker's already missed from shorter than that distance. That was that was going to be a career long. Like, just take your chances anyway. Like, and honestly, and also they got the ball where the ball is spotted on, not from where it snapped, so they got a little bit of, you know, a 10-yard or however, seven, eight-yard advantage too. Like that play, but before that, the play that I think was the game turner for the Lions was it was third and one. They were probably about on their own 29 or 30 or something like that. And now, granted, the receiver was open, and Minnesota guy made a good play on it. Lions maybe could have caught it, but third and one, and Williams and Reynolds are trucking guys. They're easily getting a yard at a at a time. And they throw a you know a 20, 30-yard pass play instead, and then they end up having to punt because they're too far deep in their own territory. That, to me, nobody's talking about that. That one was a bigger, like, why, why why, gamble there? Like, that's a time to use your great offensive line and power past the Minnesota defensive front with a running game that had been gaining yards in bunches. Like, I think that's why they lost. I, You know, I think the Lions are making improvements, but... Much like anybody, you gotta you gotta win those close games and do it consistently to prove that you've turned a corner. So they've got a ways to go. Goff did pretty well. His receivers are good. St. Brown looks a little dinged up, but some other guys made big plays. Like I, I don't I don't question as much now their <coughs> talent gap. Um, they just have to learn how to make winning plays when winning time is there. And look, Kirk Cousins gets maligned all the time for whatever. Had a rough game against Philly. You know, he had receivers dropping balls again against the Lions, and all of a sudden, his eyes lit up like a Christmas tree when he saw Osborne running across the middle, wide-ass open, and he just dropped him a little dime and touchdown, and Minnesota wins. And so, like, I, the Lions just doing Lions things, and, and I get it. They're getting close, but until they can do it and win consistently, it's SOL, same old Lions. Yeah, uh, that was... That was uh, that was tough for me to watch. I I thought for sure gonna win, but you know, just it happened. But the the thing is, I'm happy that the Lions they've been good, like competitive in the first three. Yeah, they've been blown out, been which good. is good. Yeah. But Dan Campbell still yet to win a road game as an NFL head yeah, coach. That's, that's, that's not good. Um, what else? Some other good, games, Cup, got US, other good games in the USA, NFL though too. USA. You know, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, great great games. You know, Brady. Can't try to kind of lead him back at the end. You know, Rodgers is going to probably settle in with these receivers here soon enough, and he's going to have another great season. I mean, the whole NFC North is two and one, except for the Lions are one and two. Um, 
you know, Dolphins are undefeated. Baltimore's looking good. It's looking smart on their part that uh, old QB1 there is holding, you know, kind of didn't sign his contract yet because he's going to drive up more bank because he's doing it with his arm this year, even more so than his legs, which has always been a proven commodity. Um, you know, NFL's pretty wild and woolly, and then you get, like, dud games like the Sunday night game, the 11-10 to 10 Denver Niners. <laughs> Giants, Cowboys, it was actually pretty entertaining last night. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be – it's fun to watch – NFL, I think there feels like no outstanding teams because the Bills, hey, they went and blew it and lost to the Dolphins. So there's more parity, which makes it more fun to watch, but also makes it exceedingly harder to bet parlays, I will tell you that much. But yeah, President's Cup, um, didn't watch a ton of it, but hey, who needs like the DeChambos and all those guys anyway? Love the team the U.S. put out there. Like the international team, like Thomas the Tank Engine, Thomas hey, I love that guy. That guy, I heard He's him, fun. somebody, uh, one of the U.S. players said that he is going to be the next Rory McIlroy, which just the way he strikes the ball, his, he's pretty unflappable. Um, you know, G, I love watching JT in those. He was he had, had a great match against Siwoo Kim, who kind of hushed awesome. the crowd. Um, you know, guys played, played well. It was nice Speaking to see Horschel well. get a chance. It was nice to see guys that don't usually make those teams for the U.S., get a chance because the other knobs aren't around. Um, how about this? Like, well, oh, I have that for a sprint, so I won't mention that. But, yeah, President's Cup overall, like, you generally would be more fun to watch is just when you have busy football weekend. It's, it's just tough. Like, I get it that's the time of the year to do it because it's off-season or whatever. But, um, yeah, fun to watch. Yeah, good for the U.S. Um, anything else? Sports? I feel like, I mean, the Celtics thing. that. Ooh. Oh, yeah, the Celtics coach. I mean, bad, okay, so bad it's consensual, boy. but yet, like, just do yourselves a favor and tell somebody, like, hey, we're in a relationship so that if it goes south, which it sounds like it did, it doesn't bite you in the ass. You're a 34-year-old head coach that was a couple games away from winning an NBA title. I mean, Boston's just got to be sick because they're like, we just lost a great young coach because he thought with the wrong head. Like, what, dude, what are you thinking? What? Clearly, he wasn't thinking. Um, yeah, crazy. All right, let's get into the sprint. Approached an hour. We had a lot of passionate Michigan State talk to do. So we're going to stick in Michigan State for the first couple of sprints here. Spot number one, or sprint number one, what's the adjusted ceiling for Michigan State wins? What's the max wins? You... You want me to be? I want your honest opinion. Yeah, okay, honest opinion. We're gonna win. We're gonna go four and eight. That's my honest opinion. Well, I think we'll beat Indiana and Rutgers. That's it. Yeah, That's I it. mean, let's look at. It. So they got at Maryland, Ohio State, Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana. Michigan, I think we we only have a chance it's a, because it's a rivalry, and we're not gonna beat them. I, I think, think there. Close. I think so. The question being ceiling, I think the most games looking at that. Michigan State's two and two and two. Um, they've got eight games left. I think the most games they could win is seven. This um, week is but make I th- a break. But I think, and a lot of it is predicated on this week. I think if they get a win this week, then seven, six, seven wins is pretty likely. If they lose this week, I I agree. It probably is going to be more like four, and it's going to be an utter disappointment for sure. And it's going to be a long off season. Um, sprint spot number two. Biggest disappointment from Michigan State this far? Um, the defense. The secondary in particular. Yeah, for me, you know what? I'm going to go with what Chris said. I it's And it's not all his fault, but I'm going to go Thorne because he's pressing. He's playing like his girlfriend broke up with him. Yeah, he's he not being put into situations by his offensive staff to, to use his talents and to overcome the weaknesses that Michigan State has. But look. It's just like the pitcher in baseball. It's just like the point guard in basketball. Your quarterback is your dude, and he's got to make the plays. And so I would say it's Thorn for me so far. Uh, changing gears. Uh, does the Mickelson? Does Mickelson? Maybe you didn't know this. Dropping out of the LIV lawsuit mean, along with two other players, including Gooch, mean the LIV might be shorter lived than we thought. Meaning, does that, Mickelson dropping out of that, is that a eye-opener? Yeah, well, here's my, I mean, we talked about it. It's, it's, I think by this time next year, I think it's going to be gone. Because it's just, people are going to get tired of it. 
Yeah, I, I, I just mean, think that it's unless it's, they get a big TV deal or something. I just don't see it continuing because I don't think people, minus okay, they play music and they you know make it a carnival type atmosphere. How much of that? How long will that shtick work for the players? Right, like how much advantage and when they don't get world tour ranking points, it's going to die on the vine too. I th- I think that's a major blow to them because Mickelson was the poster child for all this to begin with, and now that he's quietly backing out. Clearly, he's trying to save some face, too, by no, the way. Yeah. All right, and sprint spot number four, going back to Michigan State. What is the worst Michigan State football game you've ever witnessed in person? The other day is up there. Because I'm going to tell you, that was top three for me. Like, I was looking yeah. at Dauber and I were sitting in the stands, and I was looking. I'm like, 2016, we had some duds. That Wisconsin we game actually, was terrible. That, it, it was in 2016, but in 2016, we actually played tough in a lot of those games. Yeah, we just We were bad, run. but we we just. Yeah, Ohio State should have beaten Michigan could have beaten them. Right. Indiana, <laughs> like, we lost a lot of stupid games. So, Wisconsin game that year, That yes. game was terrible. I'm trying to think. There's been a Northwestern game in there where oh, it was like 49-14. We lost once 49-14 when I was young to Northwestern. Yeah. That was terrible. I'm trying to think. We... The worst Michigan State has ever played for me. And by the way, we didn't mention Michigan State's best player is their punter. Phenomenal. The worst game, and this Saturday was legit top five worst in-person games for me. And that date backs 32 years I've had season tickets. I agree. The 2002 49-3 shellacking at Michigan where we looked completely lifeless in a rivalry game and Bobby Williams got fired the next day. That's the worst I've ever seen Michigan State play. Like, we, I think we might even scored first and got up three nothing. We were all excited, and it was just like all hell broke loose after that. So for me, that was it. But all right, Ryan closes out with any social media reminders. Um, yeah, the final score thirty five. <laughs> um, if you want to sponsor us, please let either one of us know, or you. I, I, we, we're looking for something always. You know, sponsor it down. Um, be a, just get your name out there. We'll do a little trade. Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Let us know if you have any guests, um, ideas of, of people that you'd want, um, want to hear from. We can try to get them. I don't think we'll be able to get any pro athletes or anything. Um, maybe former ones. I don't know. We can. I did text my boy, Kurt Warner and congratulate him on Elijah's getting the start a couple yeah, weeks ago. Maybe. And he texted me right back. So maybe we'll give Kurt a call and see if he'll be on the podcast. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. Um, well, yeah, appreciate you guys listening. All you guys are loyal. Riley. Kyle, appreciate you guys. Chris. Chris, Christopher, my man. Uh, keep listening. Keep telling your friends. We want to keep growing this thing. Um, appreciate it. Um, thank you. All right. Another shout out to Team Manders Realtors, our presenting sponsor. Um, if you have realty needs in West Michigan, reach out to Jim, Donna, Tim, Sean, and Liz and team. They will take great care of you. Meantime, I'll leave you with this. Whether you're a Spartans fan, Lions fan, Sooners fan, or anyone else coming off a dud or two, as someone once said, to be the best, you must learn to handle the worst.